Hi there, everyone. I'm Hal Beanstock with Prosec Partners, or a PR and marketing agency focused on financial services and fintech. Thanks for joining us to talk about how lenders can leverage servicing technology to navigate uncertain times. As predictions of a second half recession grow, delinquencies are expected to rise, and that'll make loan servicing more important and more challenging than ever. So I'm excited to be here with Matt Bivens and Drew Vicaria um, from Canopy and Vervent, respectively. Um, two of the leaders in the space. I'll give you each a minute to introduce yourselves, and then we'll get going. Matt, you Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Bivens. I'm the founder and CEO of Canopy. Canopy is an API-first modern lending core. We help fintechs and FIs and established lenders create all the rules and policies that govern their lending programs. Um, we have a front-end CRM and uh, help agents be better operators that ultimately create better borrowers. Uh, Drew Vicario, the Chief Financial Officer at Vervent. Um, Vervent, you know, think of Vervent as a, a multi-asset class uh, servicer. We service about $110 billion in um, UPB of assets across almost every asset class outside of uh, government-backed student loans and mortgages. Um, we also have a direct-to-consumer um, credit card business, and so we've got kind of that unique uh, or the opportunity to have sort of this unique view as being our own customer for part of the business as well. Um. Okay. So in looking at your backgrounds, the two of you took very different paths to get to where you are right now. Drew, you came from a very traditional financial services and banking background, and Matt, you've been kind of working your way up through fintech over the years. So I'm curious, how did that impact your decisions to, to get to where you are now with Canopy and Vervent? Sure, so I've been in fintech for almost a decade, and uh, most notably at a company called Green Sky, pre and post IPO. And creating financial products and changing them was very difficult at almost every fintech that I was a part of, and it all came back to the course. Most of the databases were very inflexible. We either built our own in-house that over time gets old, you can't scale a database, or we were working with companies like Fiserv, TSIS, FIS, and what happened is all of the products that were being launched became commoditized. And so, maybe a spicy take, but I think that most of the banks today all offer the exact same product types. And so, we created Canopy first as a credit card for students to solve a, a problem that I saw um, after seeing student lending up, up close. And through creating this revolving credit card product, more and more of the debit cards that were out there today, Chime, Step, Current, Greenlight, started to ask for API access. And so we realized that um, it was so difficult to create the rules and policies and to create innovation and flexibility in the data. Uh, and so we evolved Canopy into a B2B infrastructure company to help them, uh, any FinTech, any bank, launch more modern, innovative products. Um, yeah, so I guess somewhat similar to um, Matt. I've been in financial services my entire career. Uh, was with McKinsey for a few years in their kind of fin service practice. Um, was an investment banker that actually was one of the founding associates for, I guess, what became fintech prior to um, it being called fintech. And back then it was just kind of the stodgy payment processors and, you know, um, uh, some servicing firms, et cetera. Uh, esoteric type companies, um, and then forayed into the private equity side of things as an operator. Again, you know, I was just—I guess—I was always fascinated with um, kind of the financial services type ecosystem. More in terms of there was, to me, it felt like there was 
so much demand for just products and services and innovation, and, and there just wasn't enough supply back then. And it's really cool now <laughs> where you've got you know, the word fintech, and it's, it's a cool space to work in, and there's, I mean, tons of neat solutions that just constantly um, evolving. And so um, Vervin, you know, I joined Vervin three years ago. Um, we're private equity backed, and again, just it was that space, similar to Matt, where um, you know there just wasn't a lot of interesting things going on from a, a tech or innovation standpoint, and um, uh, you know, I just saw the opportunity to sort of take something that was being built and and continue to do it uh, uh, while leveraging kind of best in class tech, and you know, maybe implement some some new solutions as well. And what are you both seeing in the current lending environment? Is, is it as bad as people say? Um, yeah, I'll start. I mean, we, again, just by virtue of looking at, you know, almost every asset class, I guess it depends on asset class. Um, and so um, right now, kind of point in time today, um, you know, auto seems still fairly stressed. I mean, you've just got, like, those residual values that are stressed and, the financing environment isn't great. Um, on the consumer installment side, uh, you know, I think marketplaces are really suffering. Those that don't have both kind of the uh, the on balance sheet and off balance sheet hybrid funding mechanisms. Um, solar continues to face some of those duration stresses. Um, the credit card side, we've got some exposure, like I said, as a customer, but we also service uh, third party assets. Uh, that just depends on kind of the type of customer on the consumer side. So. You know, the kind of non-prime folks feels like their recession hit late 21, early 22, and that's kind of cycled through. We're starting to see um, reversion to the mean. Um, Near-prime consumers, um, you know, I don't think the, the worst has hit them, so I think it's still uh, a little dodgy out there. Um, so those are kind of the, the macro themes we're seeing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think thematically, you know, things that we're always thinking about as we sort of have you know, whether the storm is, what can we do from a tech or innovation standpoint to manage underwriting and credit risk better, right? Um, um, how do we model inflation, which is just brand new to a lot of us? Like most people never face inflation. Um, uh, and then rising delinquencies as well. So yeah, a lot of uncertainty and, and, and headwinds for sure. Uh, I, I agree with that. I'll also take a little bit of a contrarian view. I think that uh, definitely agree that it depends on a asset class for sure. Um, in, throughout our portfolio, we see some rise in delinquencies, and obviously there's a, a lagging indicator with some of the, the work that the Fed has done to uh, call in inflation, and so I'm sure that delinquencies will still be on, on the rise. But in terms of new originations, growth has not stopped, um, both on the B2C side and then certainly on the B2B side. Um, we have a very large portion of our business that is working capital. Companies like Flexport use Canopy to give working capital advances to their suppliers and merchants. And that side of, of the house continues to, to grow exponentially. I also think that in uncertain times, you need a modern core. You need modern servicing tech. You need to be able to process the real-time data, to be able to surface that data back into underwriting systems so that you can make better risk decisions. You need to be able to communicate proactively to your end borrowers so that they feel assured in, in what's going on. And you know, one of the core principles at Canopy, we very much believe in transparency. And so we wanna give that transparency through real-time data access to our lenders, but also to the borrowers so they understand 
exactly how much interest is being owed, exactly how the payment is being poured. These types of technological advances create an overall better experience that even in uncertain times, you're able to help engage with your end borrower and, and give them some peace of mind, frankly, right? There's, the, the news cycle is very scary, and so I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be, but I certainly think that as lenders, you need to get in front of it and get, get to your end borrower so that you can give them, uh, again, that, that peace of mind and, and calm, calm things down a little bit. So let's go a little bit deeper on that when you talk about modern technology and engaging with bar, you know, if you've been to any panel today, you've probably heard a, little, a lot about AI. Um, what is the balance between automation and automating that process and using new technology like artificial intelligence and having that human touch? So I, I am not Sam Altman, uh, despite having amazingly good looks like him, I'm, I'm not him. Uh, so I, I'll answer this lightly, but I'll say that Canopy uses data and machine learning to make better decisions. We use that to create automations and workflows to make uh, operators better servicers. I think that AI will continue to integrate into financial services. It'll be uh, something that, again, is a tool for, for operators. Today, AI is uh, something that helps you do your job better. It helps engineers code better, faster. It helps uh, you research and discover information quicker. And so certainly, we will be integrating that into uh, everything that we do. But really, Canopy is a data company, and so we always think about uh, machine learning and using data in better ways to help make better decisions. I also think that um, a little bit contrarian too is that uh, you still need people in servicing. You, you need to be able to answer the phone. Servicing is a point of engagement and for all of our customers, uh, BHG being, being one of them, they want to own the operational piece of servicing. They want to answer the phone, the email. They want to create a better experience and so I think we are still far off from uh, full automation and, and AGI replacing humans actually answering and communicating back with their customers. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just echo some of that. We clearly, Vervent, you know, we've got about 1,500 employees. Most of them are servicing folks. Um, so we clearly believe in kind of that whole, it, there's no one size fits all. It's tech plus human and the human element's not going away anytime soon. Um, however, Having said that, you know, we, we, there's the cost of servicing continues to go up. So, you know, we continue to utilize tech to kind of manage that aspect of, uh, of, uh, of the bottom line. Um, and automation plays a huge role, right? Just making things more efficient. Uh, AI is just kind of one semblance of that. We've been, you know, using AI for a while now, and that word is used loosely, but, you know, we'll continue to use that. We've got a team of data scientists onshore and offshore. You know, I do think with the whole kind of chat, GPT, and machine learning, all that stuff that's hitting the, the tape these days. Um, we're, we are seeing more use cases or, just, or a great number of solutions that are helping us um, do two things specifically. One is, yeah, just helping, helping you know, consumer engagement, like Matt said. So like helping keep kind of the, those consumers sticky and satisfied. And so that's being really beneficial. And we're seeing more work on the AI side to sort of help do that or give us tools and use large language models to do that, et cetera. And then the second is immensely important, which is just helping us on the compliance um, and the regulatory front, right? Um, because traditionally, 
your, the balance isn't just kind of, you know, oh, uh, you know, human versus um, machine. It's, you've got to like layer around that. Uh, you just have to like follow the customer. Sometimes the customer wants uh, a human element and you've got to sort of provide both. Um, but then you also have to like manage the regulatory environment, right? Um, where regulators may just clamp down given kind of the regime and charge, et cetera, and certain things that may seem logically the right thing to do, but you just can't implement them. Uh, there was an interesting study that I came across from a company called UserLike. They're a, a chatbot solutions company, and they found that people are really conflicted about this, right? I mean, they found that 60% of people said they prefer to speak to a human immediately, even if that meant waiting longer. But then 68% said that they like the speed that chatbots offer them, right? So how do you navigate that when people don't even seem to really know what they want? Um, yeah, I, I think it's like any tech thing, right? Like, it, it just takes time to... to um, uh, for consumers to gain acceptance, it's almost like banks and uh, uh, AT ATMs versus branches, right? It took a while for all that that, that stuff to happen. Um, you know, from from Vervin's perspective, specific to chatbots, you know, we're we're really focused on kind of really leveraging kind of the speed and capabilities of chatbots. We do think there's something there, um, but at the same time, integrating that to kind of the the, the humans. It's almost like you'll have a human agent. Um, uh, but maybe like the initial call will be, or you'll kind of screen that, that piece uh, with a chatbot, and then you kind of bring in the human um, as necessary. So it's really kind of an integrated approach from our perspective. Yeah, I think for, for anyone that's been on a call center floor, you can see that technology is the last thing that most operators get. And so if AI or chatbots can create a better experience for the operating teams, and ultimately for, for the end borrower, then I think you can have that, that tension between both, because it really depends on the type of answer you're looking for. If people just want to know what their min pay is or what their payoff amount is or when their due date is, I think a chatbot can solve that. If somebody wants to actually understand how a certain purchase might affect their overall interest rate or want to understand something before it happens, I think that that's something that an operator can get on the phone and, and help people out with. And so ultimately, whether it's the technology or whether it's the, the call center agent, you need a blend of both to create an overall better borrower experience. So Drew, if you brought up regulators a minute ago. Um, regulation has become tighter, more aggressive over the last couple of years. Um, do you expect that to continue? And like, what, what's your outlook on the regulation front? Um, you know, I think, it, I think it was actually pretty commonsensical what happened, right? You get into an environment with just free money, growth at any cost. Folks are just willing to kind of fund anything for the next shiny new object, tech or otherwise. Um, and you're going to see, you know, a bunch of things happen, some really good, but some not so sustainable. Um, uh, and, and now with the regulatory regime being the way it is, I do think there's a more discerning look on everything that took place, right? Um, I think Inflation has sort of hit uh, uh, consumers for the first time in a long time. I think there are more complaints that are being funneled back up through agencies like the CFPB. I think the regime as a result is going to do more about that uh, to try and enforce things across the industry. Um, so I do, I, I do think we're in it. We're, we're in for kind of a, a tighter regulatory period, uh, at least over the next 12 months. Um, I think that theme's gonna continue. Um, I think tech will, I think there'll be 
advent, you know, there'll be advantages uh, to the extent you can mitigate things like complaints and, and service levels of things that peaked during, you know, call it COVID and when folks, uh, consumers were really stressed. Um, uh, but then at the same time, I think regulators, you know, they tip, what they typically do is like slow things down as well. Um, so even if there's some new innovative tech like the chatbot or or whatever it might be, or even um, these large language models, I think, I, I think there will be slower adoption. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I think that things will continue to get tighter from a regulatory standpoint. I also think that lenders can get ahead of that by obviously working with uh, all of their software vendors to, to stay in compliance, something that we take very seriously at Canopy. Safety is one of our uh, three guiding principles, safety, transparency, personalization. And so making sure that we can help our, our lenders stay compliant, understand state and regulatory rules through the software is really, really important. And then I also think that we can get ahead of it a little bit by looking at all of the fintechs that only utilize interchange as their main revenue source. And so they've sort of skirted around the, the Durban rules and when some of the large uh, institutional banks say, well, why do they get more revenue from, from a debit swipe than something else? You need to diversify your, your revenue stream. So as I think re regulatory risk also goes to breaking a lot of business models within FinTech. And so getting ahead of that through diversifying your revenue streams, diversifying your, your portfolio through lending and credit. I mean, I believe, we believe at Canopy that lending at its best helps facilitate better life experiences. It helps you go to college. It helps you get your car. It helps you finance your, your home. Lending at its worst obviously takes advantage of people. And so I think it is up for uh, companies like Vervent, like, like Canopy, like others, to set some guardrails to keep both our operators safe, which ultimately keeps the borrower safe. And um, I know we're just about out of time, so I'll just end with one short question. Um, looking out 12 months into the future, um, what are you most excited about? I'm excited for companies that uh, are on debit cards right now expanding in, into credit and lending, and so needing a, a place to have a universal understanding of, of their data. So Canopy supports many different types of, of product configurations. And then I'm also very, very excited on the B2B side. I think working capital, merchant cash advances, invoice factoring is an entire blue ocean. Consumers been a little over-innovated over the last few years, and so we continue to double down on uh, the B2B2B side of lending as well. Yeah, I, you know, selfishly, I think Vervent, we're, yeah, you know, we're private equity back. We have to make a profit. So, Mac, there, there's, there are, there's going to be, I think, um, a ton of businesses which have solid tech, but were just mismanaged or funded by the wrong pockets of capital. And so we could probably leverage some of those platforms ourselves um, or step in. Um, we operate about a dozen different servicing platforms because we service loans, leases, you know, um, different asset classes, et cetera. Um, and so from a tech standpoint, what we're most excited about, and we're doing this right now, is just better integrating all those, um, using large language models and decision um, theory models and, and whatnot. But yeah, it's an exciting time, I think, for us, um, just given we're capitalized, we've got you know, 700 active customers who are happy, um, business continues to grow, um, and yeah, we're just, back to Matt's point, very nicely diversified from the top line, but also from profitability standpoint. So it's times like this that, quite frankly, excites us the most. Great, thank you both. <laughs>